Hi, I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. Welcome to season three of Stages Podcast, where we continue to bring creation and connection to center stage. <laughs> I was driving home from work. I can't remember. It must have been a couple weeks ago. And there was a low yellow moon. And all I could think about, I was like, is my Mary Lee... <laughs> Out somewhere in a field, scantily dressed with feathers and crystals, doing some wackadoodle crap. <laughs> and I, you I know I was. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I used to walk on hot asphalt for Jesus, yeah. and you just, you I and your just, coven circle around out with in your a cornfield and drink the moon, baby. <laughs> Bring it. Can the year 2023 come to stage, please? 2023? Can we have you to stage? Um, 2023, what the actual hell is happening? <laughs> she says with joy and trepidation and adventure and discovery and, yeah, and a bit confusion. Panic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Listen, life is crazy. Just jump on. Just be grateful. I saw this amazing quote. Oh, you know, we love a good quote, oh listeners. My God. I love this quote so much. I saw it. I wrote it down. Okay. It says, the gap between what your soul loves and the amount of time you spend doing it is the size of your unhappiness. Oh, right. I need you to repeat that. Okay. I got most of it, but just one the, more time. The gap between what your soul loves and the amount of time that you spend doing it is the size of your unhappiness. You yes. would have thought it would end is the size of your happiness, but yes. is the size of your unhappiness. Yes. That is amazing. Because if you're not spending the time doing what brings you joy, you are. You're feeding oh, the oh, wrong thing. You're making the gap bigger. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it but is. But also the other side of that too is finding the joy in what you are doing as well. Yeah. Right? Teaching yourself to find joy in whatever it is. I just want to make sure too that I don't think we're expressing that what you do, if we are going to define it as like a career or how you earn your living or how you know, it's what you pay attention to. And that creativity, that joy, that artistry, whatever that looks like to you, right. that can be done at home. That can be done in a journal that can be right. done reading a play with pals in your living room. Like it does not need to be how you earn your money, your money right? Well, in the big scheme, that would be the best way to well, earn money. Of course, of course. Um, but that doesn't determine success or happiness. Do you no, know what I mean? No, I don't think it does. Well, that plays right into where you and Seb are off to. <laughs> nice segue, little mama. Nice like segue. That? Right off to tour to doing what you love with the people you people love. People you love. It. Yeah. Yes. Dude, that we is were... one hell of a start to 2023. Thank you. Yes. So this, well, I will say I'm going to spend a lot of time at the Kennedy Center. So the start of my year begins with Norma Desmond in Sunset Boulevard at the Kennedy Center. And then 
about a week or two later, I come back uh, with the very limited engagement in certain cities with Into the Woods. And it's this incredible opportunity because it kind of harkens back to the days of like Broadway from the 50s and 60s when the entire Broadway company would then take it on the road and introduce the show to these, you know, big cities around the country. And essentially that's what we're doing in 2023. Montego Glover, Gavin Creel, um, Amy Garcia. I don't know if they've announced the Cinderella yet. So I, I don't think that's my position to do it. But Sebastian, and myself, it's pretty much Kennedy who plays Milky White. It's pretty much the entire Broadway company that has decided to say yes. And I know it has to do with what you've just said. There's a joy there. There's an artistic integrity there with this piece of material and the fellow actors we get to share the stage with. And we want to bring this particular piece and this particular message outward and together. And yeah, to do it with your husband and to bring thieves on the road. I don't think she understands what that is. When we presented it to her, of course, we had to explain it in really, you know, seven-year-old terms, but then drench it with, and then we'll be able to see this and do this and spend time together and go to Walt Disney World. And then we'll be able to do this and this and this, and then we'll go visit your cousins on the farm. And then, so these little moments that she's holding on to is like, you know, bookmarks throughout the year. Plus, what kid doesn't want to go to hotels? Oh, it's her favorite thing. It is her favorite thing. She calls room service bed serve. So she's excited about bed serve in every city. And really, Mary Lee, she doesn't care if it's an Econo Lodge or the Four Seasons. She doesn't know the difference. A hotel hotel. is just so fun. And they have pools at hotels. I mean, it's just perfect. It's perfect. I'm so excited for you guys. Thank you. I'm going to so be there. I know you will. I know you will. And we'll, you know, we'll take this whole moment on the road too. So... Listeners, you'll all be seeing little hotels throughout the country. Isn't 1776 doing that as well? Like that whole cast, or I think most of the cast. Didn't know. Yeah, they went from the ART to Broadway, and then that cast is going on the road. This might be a new trend that I think is really pretty special, you know? I think it is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy. I'm romanticizing it a bit, you know, because it it, it, it is a bit of a young person's game. And I think I've even mm-hmm. said this on this podcast. I can only reference when I played Alphaba, and that's a completely different workload than what I have with the baker's wife. I mean, the cast of Into the Woods is truly an ensemble piece and yeah. we're all sharing the weight. And as Elfie, oh golly, that was a year commitment And I was exhausted and I tried to um, get out and enjoy each city as much as possible. But I did find myself just kind of going from hotel room, getting a nice meal to the theater and back again, because the rest I needed vocally, mentally, spiritually, physically, all of it, just just do that show eight times a week on the road. Yeah, that's big. That was big. So. And how old were you when you did that? Oh, golly, I wasn't a young chicken. I think I was... 33 when it yeah. started and 34 by the time it ended. Yeah. yeah. A lot of energy. I mean, when I was on the road with Will Rogers, gosh, I was, I think I was 28. Okay. And I didn't find it too hard then because I was 28, right? Yeah. I, I could right. go out after and get home whenever and I could sing like a bird the next day, but there is not a chance in hell that I could <laughs> have done that in my 30s. It just wouldn't happen. 
Yeah. So like we told Vivi, honey, it's an adventure and we're going to be flexible and we're going to be open. But now we need to turn that onto our adult sensibilities. Both Sebastian and I have to take the exact same direction we gave Vivi and say, hey, you need to be flexible. You need to be joyful and it's going to be adventurous. And that's how we have to embark on it. I actually think that that kind of flexibility is one of the biggest signs of success just as a human being in life. I call it shock absorbers where like you hit a disappointment or you hit uh, something that didn't turn out or the way you thought it was going to turn out or it took a left turn and you have to go with it. I call them the shock absorbers. Like when you're young, you have pretty good shock absorbers, but oftentimes they wear out and we get like kind of rigid and like, but I think teaching someone at an early age to release control, Ride the wave. Think about the shock absorbers. Just bounce with it, baby. You know, yep. we have so little control over most things in life. You might as well just learn to flow with things. I, Seb had um, a boxing match last weekend. Like it was like a big deal. And he has been training like you wouldn't believe. Um, he had to lose like uh, nine pounds and he did it in, I don't know, like, I think maybe like 10 days or something. Can I ask why does it, it's a certain category a where you have, thing. there it is, so weight class. He was going to fight up at 139 weight class and then they moved him. So he had to, you know, he had like just a couple of weeks to get that. And the kids in some such great shape won't eat sugar, won't eat carbs. Like he, he's so disciplined. He did not get this from me. He got it from his dad. His dad's very disciplined too. And the night before the fight, he gets a text. He and I are hanging out because he stayed in. He didn't go out with his friends. Like, I'm going to stay in. And we're hanging out. We're watching TV. And his phone beeps. And it's the promoters. And they're like, fights move to next weekend. And he was like, his reaction was, what? Oh, man. Oh, well, okay. It gives me one more week to get ready. I think I'm going to go out <sighs> to my friend's mom. And I was like, what What just happened? <laughs> right. I- I would have been so upset if I of was course. mentally prepared. Look at what I've done. Look at what That's how right. hard yeah. I worked. And now you're going to pull the rug out the night before. I got to go through all this again. He didn't do, not at all. It took him 30 seconds. He went, oh, well, I got another week to prepare. Great. I'm going out with my friend's mom. Is that okay? And I was like, wow. oh my God. And I said, if you can keep that attitude for the rest of your life, you've won. you're going to succeed at yes. whatever you decide. That's right. I don't care what it is. That's right. That kind of attitude, which I did not, I I possess it much more now than I did, but at 17, there's no way that I would have been able to handle it with that much grace. That's really amazing. Cher, Cher referred to it as she was a bumper car. So she'd hit the wall and you back up and then you hit the car in front of you. Then you back up, you hit as you're backing up, you hit the car behind you and then you, until you find your path, but you have to keep, you know, finding different directions to get to where you're going. And it's going to look different for every single person, but you got to keep doing it. And if you let every bump give you a whiplash, you're going to be in agony. But if you just stay loose and just go, okay, well, I bumped into something else. And you you say, this is what life is. Everything just gets easier. Do you do New Year's resolutions? Do you know, we used to do what's called um, uh, like New Year's mottos. So for example, not giving stuff up or not trying to be quote unquote better, but we would say, um, I will be heard this year. 
or my garden will grow this year. We would have like a, a motto that we would hold onto. So I have yet to figure out maybe it's resilience and flexibility, you know, but yeah, both Seb and I will do it. And we keep reminding each other of it. But when I was younger, I would have resolutions. Sure enough, by Valentine's Day, it was completely, completely out the window. They it seems a little ever. unfair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does seem a little unfair because I, I enjoy the idea of starting fresh. But that to me is like a daily thing. If the sun comes up and you're lucky enough to wake up every day, you've got a new beginning. But if we put that sort of monumental pressure on ourselves on January the 1st, it just seems, too I don't much. know, too much. I, I agree. Yeah. Where, when did you stop with the resolutions and start with the motto or the mantra? When did you uh, it was before I met Seb. So it had to be in my late 20s, early 30s. And what made you do that? I was writing a lot. I was a big journaler, as you know. I love my journals. And instead and, of... Uh, wait, let me cut you off. Not only does she love her journals, <laughs> but she has every one since she was like nine and knows exactly where they all are. Yes. And there are so many stickers involved and calligraphy <laughs> pens. I just love all of it. Um, <laughs> and if I were to go back and read, I mean, it really is, you know, it's the typical dear. Well, it, it aged with me and it grew with me. But back in the day, dear diary today, I mean, you know, you have to say it in that voice because it really is just so ridiculously generic when you're younger. But that's what I needed to do to express myself beyond the stage. So I think it started in my 20s. And I think it was something that when you reflect or go back and see things in writing and you're like, oh, see, that doesn't feel positive to me. That feels mm -hmm. restrictive. Why am I doing that to myself? I'd rather expand as opposed to saying, don't go there. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons when you said that quote, I wanted you to read it again because I was a little surprised by the what makes you you unhappy. It makes you stop in your track and rethink of it with a different angle. But yeah, I wanted to take restrictions off of myself and bring it more to a playing field where I could expand and grow and take that motto into every experience as opposed to I'm going to save this much money or I'm going to get more physically fit or I'm going to go. There are a lot. I was so religious, right? I would do so many things in the name of Jesus. I'm not kidding you all. There would be journals that are like, today I'm going to walk or run on the hot asphalt for Jesus. Like that's real. <laughs> These are real things. Because Jesus would want you to burn. Of course he yeah, would because because it would make me think of him with of every step I took with my blistered feet. Yeah. So that changed yeah. <laughs> into, you know, I'm going to share my joy with others or I'm going to live a life that would express X, Y, Z. I don't think I ever really did it. Maybe as a kid, I never really committed to it in any case, right? Because it just never felt right to me. Mm -hmm. But then when I got older and I started really studying about yoga, I learned about this thing called a sankalpa. And then it all made perfect sense to me. And so instead of doing resolutions, I do sankalpas. I wrote this article called um, A Revolution in Resolutions. And it mm. was all about the six steps that you have to take to set a sankalpa for yourself. We touched on this last year, I think, for New Year's, but we didn't go super deep into like the six actual steps that you have to take. I think, I think over the year, we've talked about lots of these steps, but never in this order that it goes in in order to create a true sankalpa for yourself, right? 
Great. I want to know. Okay. The reason that New Year's resolutions so rarely ever work is because it is negative, like you said. Ah, the law of the universe is like attracts like. So if you put negative out there, negative comes back simply by saying, I am not good enough, so I have to improve. That's negative. Mm-hmm. I have to quit smoking, give up chocolate, give up alcohol, whatever it is you're giving up or right. changing or losing about yourself. That in itself suggests you are not good enough. So you're putting a negative out. That's why it won't succeed. There's six steps to a sankalpa. So the first step, it has to be an internal vow. So what that means is you don't share it. Okay. Because when you share something, so let's say, let's just pretend my, uh, I don't know, give me one. I'm going to buy. Well, uh, I I was going, Seb and I were going on tour and we kept it very quiet. And let me tell, before you say your why, let me explain ours. I'm a big believer in energies. I'm a big believer of what gets put out into the universe. And I didn't want other people's energies, opinions to shape how we are deciding to move forward with this decision. I find it to be very powerful what other people think. And if they discuss on their own, even if they are people who love us, dear friends, they're going to have strong opinions. Oh, did you hear Stefan Sapper going on tour? I'm not crazy? sure if that's What's exactly. Wrong with, that's not fair to Vivi exactly. or whatever ridiculous opinion that's colored by their life experience. That's right. Your life experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing. So we kept it quiet. That's definitely part of why you keep it to yourself. The other part is people who are trying to support you, give you the feedback you need. So let's just say my New Year's resolution is I'm going to get into great shape this year. And then you say to me, oh my God, you already look amazing. I've already gotten what I needed. I got the positive feedback. I heard what I wanted to hear about myself. So I don't do the work. When you keep it to yourself, it becomes like a sacred vow between you and your soul, between you and your heart. And so you write it down, you keep it to yourself. The second one is I am not I want. It's the positive present tense. So simply by saying I want or I will, that's signaling that you don't have it. Mm. So that's a negative. So mm. the negative goes out. So if you say I will be, like what you were saying earlier, I'm, I will be more flexible and blah, blah, blah. That's saying that you're not already. So I should say, I am so grateful that I am flexible Flexible. and resilient to go on this tour. to go with the flow. Yep. So you have to phrase it in the I am. And the other reason I say that to people is like, so a friend of mine right now is looking for love, right? Mm -hmm. So she said, well, I'm going to write down uh, who I want him to be. And I said, well, don't write that, who you want If you want something, it means you don't have it. He already exists. He's in the world. You just need to write down exactly who he is so he can come to your life. He is smart. He is funny. He is an actor. He is whatever it is that you want him to be. Not he will be. And you never write down physical attributions. So you never say he's six foot two and uh, black hair. Okay. Is there a reasoning for that? Yes, because then... Every six foot bald guy, you're going to ignore. Oh, again, limiting. You're restricting. Yeah, you're restricting. And physical attributes don't matter. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. They don't matter. They disappear. They go away. People lose a limb. People get ill. But physical attributes mean nothing. So you never limit yourself by saying, I want him to be 
blonde haired and brown eyed and blah, blah, blah. Because then you ignore who could be perfect for you. So now use that example. Let's say, see, I'm having, you're having to rethink, recalibrate all of the words. But if love is already in my life Mm -hmm. and yet I'm grateful for the search for something else, can you give me another example of how to word, like if it were to be for health or if it were to be for abundance. Yeah, you would say, I have great abundance in my life, an abundance of health. I have an abundance of wealth, whatever it is that you have Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. abundance of in your life. So so it is like gratitude because you're being thankful for it. Okay. So let's say you're, you know, you want to find a new community of friends. It's not, uh, I want to make new friends in my community. It's, I have so many friends in this community. It's just a very simple ship. So let's say you you always lose your car keys. Okay. So instead of saying, I'm not going to lose my car keys anymore, you, you're not. Right. <laughs> lose. Those are all negative. So you say, I always remember where my car keys are. Yeah. How wonderful that I know exactly where my car keys are every morning, remember. every day. I always remember where they are. <laughs> it's, a to- it's the same sentence, but it's yeah. a totally different meaning. So number three is you have to align with your dharma. So that's what we were talking about the quote in the beginning. So dharma is the desire to be what your soul was meant to be. Mm. And you find that out by by simply asking yourself, how can I serve my highest potential? How can I give? How can I serve? Mm. What? And that answer will help you find what, what it is your dharma is. So okay. by you stepping out on stage every night, you're serving your will. You're serving your dharma. That was clearly what your soul was meant to do, right? And forget about all the struggles it takes to get out there on stage and how hard it is to get the job and how exhausting the job is once you have it. You're serving your dharma. You're giving. You stand out there and that audience receives your energy. So you're serving your dharma, which is awesome. Four is to let go. And that's, <laughs> that's my biggest, that's probably the biggest challenge for me. Yeah. Yeah. So in letting go, it it's not just the mental and the emotional letting go of control. It's actually making space in your life, right? So when we decided to do the podcast, I rearranged my office, I cleared space, bought a microphone, I made my desk and my space into a little recording studio. So I made space to create what I wanted to create. I told my friend who's looking for love, clean out your closet. Clean Make out a drawer. Your That's right. Do your drawer. That's right. That's Make right. I remember that. For this person who exists. To and they're coming. Yeah, they're, they're coming. Just, just not necessarily on your time frame, but yeah. Make space, not only mentally, emotionally, but physically in your world. Prepare for what's going to come. Now, number six is to write. The act of writing is super, super powerful. Uh, as you know, because you've been keeping keeping your journals for all it those years. It feels right? like a contract with yourself. Yes. Yep. So you write a little bit every day about maybe what you're letting go of, what it feels like to be making this space in your world and in your heart and in your mind. It's good if it stirs up discomfort when you're Mm. writing, um, because the only way to truly make space is to get rid of clutter. So if you stir up discomfort, that's just emotional clutter, right? 
Do you recommend first thing in the morning when your mind is clear or at the end of the day when you've garnered and gathered information that can inform what you're going to write it in your journal? I think it just matters to the person. One thing that I always used to do with the new year is put expectations on it. And I think there is a pro and con to that. I'm going to try to actually lower my expectations. And as we do kind of chatted about earlier is more or less ride the rave. That doesn't mean you don't have hopes and desires and wants, but again, just don't cling to them. That's right. Yeah. If I put too much expectation, it's just the outcome is usually quote unquote failure, which it didn't have to be defined as yeah. that. Do you know and what I mean? that falls into that letting go right. category. That's right. You've got to let go. Like it's okay to have dreams and want things and have and we're even work toward them. But exactly. But mm-hmm. it's not on your time frame. That's right. Lots of things. It's like with the boxing thing. Lots of times the rug gets pulled out. You're gonna let that shake you or rattle That's right. you. No, just keep moving. And you know and your plan has to involve, uh, you know, other human beings. That's the only way it works. This is a collaboration living together on this planet, and everybody else has their plans and their uh, life circumstances and their complications and challenges. And so if you try to put together even the most organized agenda and itinerary, it's not going to end up looking like that because there are so many moving parts to life. And you have very little control. So I have to embrace it. It's just time to embrace it. So going back to the tour, maybe that's exactly why this gift is showing itself to us at this point in our lives is that, you know, the last two years, completely unexpected, completely jarring and uprooting and realigning all all of the things that I'm like, I think this is just a healthier <laughs> more joyful, more lucrative way of finding ourselves continuing that idea of being open and flexible and knowing that everything we need is within us. Yeah, that's right. And you know, it's just like when I was saying you don't describe what the person looks like. If your brain is filled with how something should look, yeah, you're, there's not going to be space for what is to, to be there or, or right. for even for you to recognize it when it shows up right in front of you. So that's how you got to do it. Yeah. That's how, you know the what, The shoulds girl? don't exist. Shoulds just don't exist. We're just going to make a magical new year. 2023 is magic. That's 2023 that's is magic. And magic is everywhere. Like everywhere. Truly. Especially out in my cornfield under the I know, corn. honey. I know. I can't, I, again, I'm going to only envision it to a certain degree and then I'm going to let the rest be your truth. I'm going to There's always that. clothes on. I have to wear clothes because it's just too damn cold. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been, has somebody ever, I don't want to say caught because it's not like you're, you know, uh, being caught doing something wrong or inappropriate, but has any sort of bystander ever witnessed what you're doing and been like, what the hell is going on here? Oh, I don't know. Probably Michael does. Michael looked out the window and he was like, oh my God, what is she doing? Okay, I'm just going to close the shade. I don't want to know. Sometimes when I go out with all my girlfriends, we call ourselves the coven. It's it's my yoga girlfriends. We've literally gotten together like every other month for probably the last 15 years. And I just love them. We're, we're four so different women, but 
we've built such trust because mm-hmm. we just always get together and we've watched each other's kids grow and seen this and that. And we just, there's so much trust built up. So we call ourselves the coven. And whenever I go out with them, my husband's like, everything good? Everything's good, right? We're all good. I'm like, don't worry, you're safe. The coven, we're all good with the coven. Nobody's going to be putting any figures at the you. Practical no no the practical magic is not directed to you. Well, I think safe. that's what makes you guys such a powerful couple is you like you're full art and woo-woo and he is full like science and finance. Logic so and coming to get and, Yes, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. He's not really just strictly, you know, science. In fact, he, he has a little woo-woo. He just plays it down, I think. I mean, you can't have sort of a visionary career without having a little woo-woo. And and he's always done everything he's ever said that he would do, uh, sort of manifested it. Definitely woo-woo involved there too, because you can't just walk your rigid path and and achieve those things. That's not, it's not possible. So I knew there was more, but I knew he also wasn't as weird as I am. So (laughs) I have a little altar in my room. No one's allowed to touch. I mean, I'm kind of crazy, but I don't know. I think I like altars are way. great, actually. I don't know if any of our listeners, those who don't have them, it doesn't have to be religious. I mean, no. I've seen so many different altars. I've seen you. Cheetah Rivera always has an altar with different saints and different mm-hmm. um, pictures of those that she loves. I mean, it can be anything that's important to you that you want to pay homage and and honor and respect to. It can be artists. It can be your own stuff. The reason that I started one, I went to this guy. He was sort of a shaman, really cool guy. What he said to me was, if I told you that there was $5 million on the other side of that door and the door was locked and all you had to do was get to it to have it, what would you do? I was like, well, what do you mean? I would, I would, figure out how to get through the door. I would try to break the door down. I would try to take the hinges off. I would, but he goes, okay, here's the thing. All of your guides are standing by the door and they have the key and you're ignoring them. If you would just pay attention to your guides, they'll give you the key. You don't have to break the door down. It's that easy. And I said, oh, how do I pay attention? He said, you have a little altar, you give thanks, you take a pause every day and remember those who have left you who are still there, just not in the same way. And that's how you pay attention to those guides. And then you'll have the key to what's on the other side of the door. And I was like, whoa, that was really powerful. I love that. Is that is powerful. And you know what? Even sitting here, there was a large voice that told me don't be literal with literal. It was this loud. Don't be literal with $5 million. And I thought about what, what is worth that to me? Vivian's health, Vivian's happiness, longevity with my husband, like what you would actually attribute that right. amount of money for right. in your life is on right. the other side of that door. It's not about the money. It's just no, about no, no, no. What's on, well, everything that you, whatever want. you want. Yes. Yeah. That is a very cool thought. Yeah. Well, with that, my friend, I think it's time to go start our new year. Happy New Year. I think it is too. Happy New Year too. I love that we got spiffy. I must admit though, I'm going to stand up real quick so you can see what's happening on the bottom half. (laughs) Christmas peaches. I'm going to hold on to Christmas for as long as I can. You want to know why? I'm a ho, ho, ho. That's why. Oh, you are. 
And I am in my sparkle shirt because as I've been saying lately, I have entered the sparkle phase of my life. <gasps> I love it. I'm in the sparkle phase. I got these Doc Martin boots that are lined with rhinestones around the edge. I love them. I'm in Kick the sparkle ass phase. sparkle. Oh, I love that about you. Yep. Where'd you get them? Are they true Doc Martens? No. Want me to show them to you? You Yes, please. Thank you. Hold. (laughs) Oh. You see the glitter? Mama, they're fabulous because they're like, they're like a Doc Martin slash Timberland boot with bejeweled. I know. This is Yes. I love it. Everything is sparkle. I have gone. Full on sparkle. <laughs> I, love you. I love you. And I love you. I love you. As we say in magic land, and so it is. Amen. And so it is, sister. All right. I love you. You too. Happy Don't New be Year. Sparkly. Bye. Stages podcast is produced and edited by me, Mary Lee Fairbanks and Stephanie J. Block. Thank you to Allison Arns, our booking agent, Brock Grenfeld, our sound engineer, and Tina Wargo, our social media manager. Original music by Noah Kaiserman and Garrett Healy. Thank you for subscribing, following, rating, and telling others about this very special podcast. And we'll see you soon. 